Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Relative Pitch. Today we are so, so, so excited to have with us Dr. Travis Cross. He is the Professor of Music and Director of Bands at the UCLA. Hello Dr. Cross, how are you doing today? Hello, I'm great. Wonderful to be with uh, with y'all. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I remember we were talking about who we wanted on and and it was just like, of course we have to have you on. Um, so I'm just glad that we made it out because we know you're always booked and busy because we always say it on the podcast, being booked and busy and you are the true definition of that. Um, so I, I'm just so glad we have time to do this today. Booked and busy and blessed. Amen. Book busy and blessed. That's what that's gonna be the third B, y'all. Right. Like third B. Like <laughs> so, Dr. Cross, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and where you're from, where you go to school, and how did you get to UCLA today? Great. So, I'll do this super fast. Uh, I was uh, born in Korea, adopted at the age of four months, grew up in uh, Iowa, a suburb of Des Moines. Uh, and uh, lived there you know, through high school, Ankeny High School is where I went to school, which is a terrific, terrific music program, band program uh, in the state of Iowa. I did my undergrad at St. Olaf College in Northfield, Minnesota. Uh, student taught at Anoka High School, which at the time was the biggest high school in Minnesota, another terrific program, and uh, taught for four years at Edina High School in uh, the suburbs of Minneapolis. It touches Minneapolis on the southwest uh, corner. Terrific school district, really fine band program. I was the associate director there for four years. Uh, after that, I went to grad school at Northwestern, uh, go Cats, in uh, Evanston, where I did my master's and stayed for my doctoral coursework. Left after two years, after finishing my coursework and qualifying for candidacy, uh, and then I taught for five years at Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, Virginia, uh, where I was assistant professor of music, wind ensemble conductor. Uh, during those five years, close to the end of those five years, I finally uh, finished my paper uh, and finished my degree and stopped paying continuation fees. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, after five years at Virginia Tech, uh, I started at UCLA, and I'm currently in my 10th year uh, at UCLA uh, and uh, approaching my first ever sabbatical after 15 years as a college teacher. Oh, wow. So, Is that fast enough? That was that good. Fast. <laughs> oh, wait, I think I, I want to make sure I got it right. You did your master's and your coursework for your doctorate in how many years? Well, four. Two years for the master's okay. and then two years for the doctorate. I, th I only heard two years and I was like, he was I worth that too. That would be, that would be uh, uh, not healthy. <laughs> I'm, I'm like... I just want to go back to one little part because me and you share something very, very similar. Um, and not a lot of us share this, but you. Oh, great fashion like, sense for one, but. Oh, oh, uh, respect on this call. You know, when I, when I see your fashions and the shoes and all that in LA, I'm like, you know what? That's it. That's it. I need to find out where he got that from. Because while you're rocking it out on the West Coast, I'm going to rock it out on the East Coast. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And then I just feel broke in all, every coast. <laughs> <laughs> so we shared that in undergrad, we were both vocal and instrumental education. Uh, and which that is not the, it, it is not like a big norm. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I did both activities, you know, really intensely uh, in, in high school. You know, I, I was telling kids just yesterday that I spent, you know, my senior year of of high school, we had an eight-period day, and I spent four periods in the music uh, wing, band, choir, jazz band, show choir. Right. It's also doing independent study, refiling the band library. Uh, but um, uh, so I, I love them both. I did them both. Uh, I was pretty sure uh, when I started college that I was that I was going to be a band director. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, you know, I, I enjoyed singing so much and i was going to st Olaf college which you know has all these choirs and this terrific uh choral program so i mean you know it it, it was just a few more classes to do that yeah. uh you know some vocal pedagogy some uh choral conducting you know classes i wanted to take anyway mm -hmm. uh so so i did the double major i also then i student taught at anoka high school which has this tremendous band program and this this epic you know all galaxy choir program uh and uh one of my 
classmates was also student teaching. Uh, he was student teaching in choir, and he was also a vocal and instrumental ed. So, so the two of us kind of uh, were there together. As, as there were three double majors in my class, vocal, music, instrumental, and and so two of us were at the same school. And we 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 did a little bit of crossover. You know, I would play congas with the choir and. You know, if there was a free period, I'd kind of go down and watch rehearsal because they were so good and, and uh, you know, try to learn as much as possible. I mean, I I, I just think, um, you know, uh, how do I put this? I think that the, the more you learn about music and the more you learn about teaching, uh, the, the better you are. And I'm not a wind player. Uh, so, you know, most of, of my direct experience with making sound on wind instruments comes from the wind instrument of the voice. Uh, and sort of how you move air and how you keep air moving forward, uh, and and so I think that that helps me be a better uh, a better band director, I suppose. Uh, I don't no, I don't suppose. I'm not going to apologize for that. I think that being a singer and 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 understanding choral music a little bit helps me be a better band director. So why not? Absolutely. I. I've, you feel the I, same way? I feel the exact same way, actually. Um, you know, same thing as you. I, I couldn't choose between band or choir. I knew that I, I loved band and I wanted to conduct band. But when I was coming out of high school, it's like, I don't know. Um, and the institution that I choose uh, that I chose, they said, you don't have to. You can come and do both. And I was like, well, I guess you've already signed my name on the dotted line for me then. So it was just good that, you know, and luckily at the school that I went to, both both sides were just great at making music. So it was just so instrumental for me to be a part of it. <laughs> uh, to be a part of it. And like you said, you learn so much about being a music teacher in general on both sides. And you see how they like play on each other. Like I remember being in choir rehearsal and I'm like, ooh, that's a great thing that I can take back in the band, uh, band room or in the band. I'm like, ooh, I can take back in the choir, you know? So you learn so much things from that. And I'm glad somebody else have that same energy. I'm so glad somebody else said that. It's good for me. Mm-hmm. And music is music, you know? I right. mean, it, it's it's uh, maybe 90% of the, the DNA is in common. Uh, between all forms of music, whether it's solo performance, whether you know even popular music, jazz, and classical music, I mean, so much of it is is the same. And then there are pedagogies and repertoires and uh, uh, you know specific approaches and tricks that are different. But you know, I, I would, I, I'm, I'm, I would love to watch, you know, some of the best people in our field work with orchestras and work with choirs. And I would love to watch some of the best people uh, who do choirs work with, with my group. And uh, yeah, it, it, there would be some things that would be different and challenging, but uh, they're just the knowledge that could be shared would be great. Yes. Um, I think one thing that I always love to see is the little, um, the moments where the band and choir, like um, what is it? The piece feature of fire, um, I believe it's a piece where it's band and choir. And I just remember seeing that uh, Columbus State did it years ago. And, and I was just like, I was just a music kid geeking out. I was like, oh my gosh, here it is. So it, it was just a powerful moment. And nowadays, uh, all of our music are, is kind of being overlapped. Like so many mm-hmm. choir pieces are becoming band pieces or the way around. And now composers are doing both. So it music is just music. And so we just, we got to go along with that. Uh, and yeah, just a brief commercial message to anyone, any band director who's doing Omani Mysterium or Rest or, uh, you know, any sort of p- uh, sleep, any piece that used to be a choir piece. I mean, just go get the score and look at the text and figure out where they breathe with the text and just put, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done up my, uh, but I mean, you know, the, the number of performances you hear of, uh, transcriptions of choral music or, or vocal music, Allers Alan, you know, uh, that that it's sort of clear that the conductor never looked at the original version. Yeah, I would just encourage I would encourage everyone to to not put breaths in the middle of words. Thank you. <laughs> PSA, please. PSA. Well, PSA to the soloists and chamber musicians who also do that. Because I like to steal a lot of the vocal work. So I do this like this trio of French French art songs and stuff. And I was looking at the text one day and I was working with somebody or someone was coaching me. They're like, you need to breathe here because it makes sense for your high note. And I'm like, mm, 
that's a middle of the word. I'll work out the high notes somewhere later, but I can't do that. I'm sorry. I can't go out in front of these, uh, my colleagues who are vocalists, Anthony being one of them, because he will straight get me and do this. So, yes, PSA for everybody. Yes, yes. I have an interesting question for our like fa- like people who are watching who have no idea what a sabbatical is. What is a sabbatical, <laughs> and why do people? <laughs> that was- That's a wonderful question. I'll tell you next year. Uh, <laughs> so, a, a, a sabbatical is is a a, a, a period of a sort of study leave. Um, in in higher education, uh, occasionally in 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 public schools, but very rarely. Uh, but but in higher education, in the olden days, uh, every X number of years there would be uh, a break uh, where you would not teach. Someone else would they bring someone else in to do your teaching for you, and then you would focus entirely on your research or on travel uh, or on you know kind of most of the times when you apply for sabbatical, you have to have a proposal for some sort of a project. That you're going to do and, and and again a lot of times they they don't call it a sabbatical anymore they call it study leave or your research leave or that sort of thing what i've learned about this i mean I, i've known what a sabbatical is since i was in college because you know we had teachers taking them here and there uh but but i i learned this fairly recently the the etymology of the word sabbatical it comes from the same root as the word sabbath Right, uh, and 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 uh, and and the the root word is seven, so Sabbath comes from every seven days. Uh, you know, Sunday or Saturday. You know, previously you know, you would you would take a day off, uh, and and uh, the other sort of uh, history to the word sabbatical, as I understand it, is that uh, in some sort of Hebrew law there was a uh, a requirement that you leave the fields fallow every seven years. Uh, you know, which, as we know, allows them to regenerate and, and regain their nutrients, and then you start planting again. And let's just think about that for a second. The idea that a, a, a person in a creative, uh, research, artistic field would every seven years allow the fields to fallow in order to replenish them for the next six years ahead. Wow. There's something there. Now, get, listen, I know most people don't get to take a year off and just recharge uh, every seven years uh, in, in, in the, the rest of the world, right? In the real world. And I'm going on year 15 and I've not had a sabbatical. You, typically, typically, uh, if you stay in one school, you go six years, you get promoted to associate professor. And then after your promotion, you take a sabbatical. And then oftentimes, then six or seven years later, after your promotion to full professor, you take a sabbatical. So it did, generally, it's supposed to sort of time out in that seven-year interval. Uh, but, you know, again, here I am. I've gone double that uh, yeah. before I'm going to do it for the first time. But uh, there's something human and humane and and uh you know uh mindfulness self-care all these kind of terms we're talking about now uh with 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 taking some time to just unplug and recharge mm-hmm. uh i think i think our art would be better and you know if, if you're booked and busy uh and blessed sometimes you're also exhausted and you know not really doing your best work because you're 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 so keyed in all the time and and you don't have the downtime and the reflection time uh, and the self-analysis time and the dreaming time uh so so i i i love that you asked that question uh lauren because the you know the i just i i learning about what the word itself means uh gives us some insight into what that time really ought to be and and, and i was talking to uh i saw uh the St. Olaf Band play in uh, in California uh, this uh, winter, and the college pastor, who's retired now, but was the college pastor when I was there, he was narrating Lincoln Portrait. And I was talking about this, and I was uh, mentioning I was about to go on a sabbatical, and I was saying, now, listen, I've learned about this Hebrew, uh, and I, I knew you know, pastor would be would be into that. And 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 he he agreed with me, but he said, you know, but but what biblical scholars would say is that it's not just rest after six years but it's rest for the purpose of recharging for the next journey ahead mm-hmm. uh and and so i like that i like that idea mm-hmm. so, um oh sorry if i cut you off 
Um, the next question I had was a sabbatical because one of my former teachers is taking one now. Yes. Um, are you doing a special project or topic while you're off? Or are you just like taking this time to recharge and uh, explore the field? I mean, I, so, so, I mean, I, I, I think when people do this, they generally write uh, a fairly general project. You know, they're going to research this kind of pedagogy uh, or they're going to, you know, explore this or that. So, so, you know, it's not sort of like I'm going to do these seven things uh, in this paper. I will prove this. You know, uh, it's not quite that um, that structured. So there is, I think, a little bit of freedom for it to ebb and flow and 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 and, and go as it does. Um, uh you know, I'm going to try to do a little bit of traveling. I'm going to try to spend, uh, you know, some extended time, maybe a month or so in Korea, uh, you know, just in, in a way that I couldn't uh, normally because I have a job and I'd like to do my job. Um, and, uh, and you know, one of the other things that I put on my list is, that, you know, I'm finishing five years as chair of our department, uh, which is, has been a, a wonderful experience, learning experience for me. I think I've been able to do some positive things and, and help the, you know, the, the greater enterprise. Uh, but it's, it's, it's been a huge time suck. And, and, you know, the two things that have sort of, uh, that I've neglected, uh, are, are really intense time studying scores and, and time exploring new repertoire. Uh, you know, I, I, I sort of, told myself when I started this uh, that, you know, I'm probably going to repeat more music. I'm probably going to do more music I already know as opposed to learning new music because I'm not going to have the time to dedicate to really getting inside it. Uh, and of course, this five years that I'm completing coincides with this huge explosion in repertoire, this this sort of a new look at how we find repertoire and how we value repertoire. And, 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 and I just haven't been able to be as engaged in that as I, I would like to be, because uh, I got meetings and emails and spreadsheets. So so one of the things that's in my proposal is is to take time to, in essence, catch up a little bit, yeah. to, uh, to learn some of this music, to study some of it, even if I never perform it, uh, to get to know it better, to get to know some of these composers better, and, and to have a, a deeper well of, of music to program when I come back uh that that i might not have had before that i that i that i that many of my colleagues have been spending a lot of time the last three to five years uh focusing on boning up on improving uh and i've done a little bit but i haven't done as much as i would like to do uh so hopefully this will give me a little bit more uh room to do that no i <clears throat> i i love where this conversation led off to because it kind of goes into something we've been talking about like within so with, I work within the Seattle Symphony, and whenever you work within an organization that large, that you are thinking about tonight's concert, next week's concert, the month out from now, next year, next season, 10 years from now. And there's this idea, it's this whole thing about like, you know, when you when your passion is your work, or when you work and you do your passion for your work, it's often very easy to get caught up in the, oh, I don't need a day off, or I don't, I don't need, you know, time off, because I want to do this, right? And there's just a big feeling in general as well about, I need to do this work. And so it's so easy to fall into the traps where you're like, oh, I haven't taken like vacation time in over a year, <laughs> you know, like it's just something that doesn't happen, but it's so important. And when you were talking about what a sabbatical is supposed to be, this idea of resting and recharging for the future, because it is a benefit when you do stop for a moment and rest and take account for like what you have been doing, reflect, then you can adjust for whatever is going to come forward. You also have time to just sit and like these two both know i'm the worst person for calming down and sitting down and just being still because it's hard for me to do mm. um but i which i mean kind of all of us <laughs> are the same but i i really yeah oh and anthony's better anthony's better he's better. I will sit. I will sit. <laughs> but I, it's something that i feel like we have to get into the mindset of being like it is our passion but it is also work and regardless of what it is we do need time to recharge to be better than what we were prior to that um mm -hmm. and unfortunately i think sabbaticals a lot of people in their mind automatically go oh i'm gonna go record an album oh i'm gonna go do this so it's like not really thinking about the rest aspect of it but more just like well what am i going to get done within this year that i'm not teaching mm -hmm. you know 
You know, I love that. And I, I want to respond to it in two ways. One, I want to talk about uh, briefly about uh, the dichotomy, the the kind of two sides of of, of what we do in terms of hustle uh, versus uh, patience. Uh, and I think I think there I I I feel this way about changing the feel. I feel this because I, I feel like there are often two sides to everything, and we have to kind of care for both of them. Um, uh, I, I've never been super radical in terms of like just ban because I, I I always think there there's a lot of, but so I'll talk about that in a second. And the other thing I want to talk about is is just the you know the investment you make in yourself, the investment you make now in yourself in two years, in five years, uh, because of how you take care of yourself. Um, I, I don't remember who it was, but I was talking to someone maybe a month ago who who described themselves as having an empathy deficit, that, that because this pandemic, Zoom, the way that lines have blurred between off time and on time, and just all the demands, and then rebuilding things that, that, that they feel and i it was either a colleague of mine or it might have been like someone famous on tv or something but they they feel like they have an empathy deficit they are faster to get mad at people they're less patient they're sort of less the person they want to be because they're just exhausted uh and so you know taking that time however it is whether it's a sunday off or whether it's closing the computer at six o'clock or maybe closing the computer at 10 o'clock, uh, you know, finding ways to protect your, what's it say, you know, carved into always of graffiti on the street in Los Angeles, protect your soul, you know, finding ways to, to do that uh, allows you to recharge that, that empathy bank uh, and, and to be a better person around other people. You know, I, I just, I think that so many of us, uh, we've just been going at 11 for, you know, since 2020, and a lot of us were going at 11 a couple of years before that, you know, uh, so, so, so we're not at our best, because we're not, you know, the, the the body and mind are not where they need to be. Now, that being said, let's move into this sort of two sides of the coin dichotomy thing. You know, uh, uh, it, it's it's Mike Haithcock in Michigan, and Gerald Schweibert, uh, who is an actor movement person there who, who talk a lot about the word balancing, rather than balance duh, with a D. Mm -hmm. uh, the idea being that balancing is a continuous process. And it's not it's not reaching a static point where everything is perfect and remains that way. In order to, there is no such thing as balance duh. Mm -hmm. uh, but balancing means we're always kind of moving and adjusting. And, and balancing might mean sometimes we're a little busier than we want to be. And other times we sort of make up with it by some some rest and recovery. And, and, and that's what, I think is realistic to the human condition. I think if, if if your goal and if your goal as a 22 year old first year high school band director is to find a moment of uh, you know a, a point of balance where you can take care of yourself, I mean it's it's not realistic, nor should it be. Um, it's it's not it's not wrong. It's not a flaw in the way the world works that someone who's their first year out of college and their first job is really busy and tired all the time. That's just what it takes to do something new. Now, if you've been doing it for 10 years or 15 years or 20 years and you're still doing it the same way, that's something we got to fix. That's not or, or that's a toxic system that doesn't allow people to to be successful. If you have to hustle all the time, that's not a, a place anyone wants to be. But but I, I want to be very clear that that I'm not saying no one should ever have to hustle at all. And I'm not saying that people should never be busy. Uh, it's just about having that ebb and flow and making sure that as you ebb or as you flow this way, you never tip over uh, mm -hmm. and that you spend enough time kind of coming back uh, around the middle. So, so uh, you know, I think we want people to hustle. That's a value. That's an American value. That's an artist value. That's a freelancer. I mean, you know, you have to hustle. You have to kind of get out there and work. And you got to work hard. You got to you got to pour yourself into it, even if it's something you love. You have to work your your tail off. Um, uh, so it's it's not an either or. It's not I am going to take care of my soul and my humanity. Or I'm going to work really hard and explore things to put myself in positions where I can have opportunities and succeed. It's just about finding the right ebb and flow between the two. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's true with most things. I think, you know, you, you look at a grad student who's studying conducting. I mean, th- these two years in a master's degree are the best chance you're going to have to focus on yourself and your ears and your study. Um, but that doesn't mean you should lock yourself in a room and only practice for two years. You got to meet people. You Oftentimes you've moved to a new place. So there are oper- restaurants and 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 you know, nightlife and concerts and, and nature and like other sorts of things. So, I mean, I don't want a grad student who's going to come to Los Angeles and kind of just take it all in and not practice (laughs) and not, you know, study their scores and not do their scales and not, you know, I, I would think that those two years of a master's degree or those two or three years of a doctorate are going to be probably like 70%, 75% work, 25%, 30% other life. But you're still going to have other life. And if I think if someone goes in and does 100% study, 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 read, 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 practice, 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 watch video, watch video, watch video, and then doesn't, you know, just go sit outside a couple of days, you know, it's not going to work as well either. Yeah, I, I love that you, you said part of the study is also living your life as well. Mm-hmm. And I think in all things, and being a band director, when I was a band director um, and speaking with other colleagues that started out at the same time, uh, one of the things that I, I guess got blurred, you know, going through the curriculum and the education is you are expected to be a band director 100% of the time. There is no room for you to be Anthony or be the person you are because band director takes so much. And I remember telling people now, I'm like, that no, that's not true. Part What makes you special as a teacher, as a band director is who you are and what life experiences you've been through. That is what makes you a good teacher. That's what makes your students see you for who you are, that trust you, that then trust your musical instincts, and that will actually, it'll probably bloom into something very beautiful. The program will be something beautiful because that trust is there, The the they know who you are. Um, so that, that kind of misconception of, I have to be a band director on this podium, my life is this that I don't believe that's true. And it might be because I'm in the first stages of my career, but right now that is my belief system and I'm sticking to it. I don't think that 100% should be dedicated to it because then, because before you became a band director, you were a person. So why now this job equals completely abandoning yourself for this? Well, and the the purpose of art is to express uh humanity and emotion and beliefs so i mean you got to have something to say uh and uh and so you know it's again it's not a it's not a choice between it's that one helps the other right Uh, and uh uh so i you know the 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 old cheesy saying you know is that the students don't care what you know until they know that you care uh and and i think that's true and i also think you need to know stuff so right. I mean, please, please, nobody say, oh, Travis Cross said I can uh, just focus on being you know, who I am and not learning my scores. I mean, you know, you, you, you got to do both. Mm-hmm. But 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 I do think that um, I, I would kind of just put a little spin on what you said, Anthony, which I, I agree with entirely. But the, the spin I would put on it is that a band director can be many things. Uh, you actually should be a band director, but but you don't have to be a band director that looks like the band director you had, or right. looks like the, the the stereotype of what a band director is. I mean, I think of uh, a band director can wear a tie, and a band director cannot wear a tie. A band right. director can can uh, you know be any uh, gender, ethnicity, orientation, etc. Uh, uh, all those things are true. I so so I think rather than. What what I would say, and this is a a, a, a tiny little kind of uh, uh, angle on what you said, but I I wouldn't say that I want to not be a band director when I'm on the podium. I would say that I want to expand the definition of what a band director is to include everything I am and everything that everyone who chooses to do the work to be able to 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 do this this does as well. I I want us to 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 think of band director is something bigger and more inclusive and more expansive than, than we thought of 10 years ago 
30 years ago, 50 years ago. Absolutely. Because um, I think I, we talk on this podcast all the time about stereotypes and um, how a band director, the stereotypical band director 50 years ago, probably I would not be standing in that position just by the factors of who I am. Um, And I remember we always said, well, we're going to change that or just a musician in general. When you think of a classical musician, who do you think of? Most times it will not look like some of us that are on this podcast today. So now that we're in 2023 and moving on to the future, let's start changing. Let's expand what a, what a musician, what a band director, what a, a trumpet professor looks like, acts like. Um, that's another thing is we talk about what people look like, but what about how they act or what about you know, what do they have to say? Different perspectives, different opinions. That's all part of being a musician today. And so let's expand what that looks like. So I'm glad that you said that. Yeah, and you know, just to, to get on a little soapbox here too. I mean, I think that, I mean, I don't want to call it gatekeeping, um, but but I think that there are, there's a tendency to look down on, I don't know, certain millennial behaviors, certain, uh, certain, uh, you know, stereotypically female or person of color or LGBTQ, you know, uh, certain ways that people express their identity uh, and say, well, that, you know, that's, that's a distraction that you, there's, you need to focus on your work, not on that. Any, I, listen, I'm saying you need to focus on your work. Uh, that That's really important. But, but that, that if you really sort of analyze it carefully, the time that I might spend going to K-pop concerts uh, isn't that different than the time that someone 20 years ago would have spent golfing. Uh, you know, the time that uh, that someone who is into fashion spends, you know, doing their fun photo shoots with all their looks and everything, uh, you know, might not really be that different than the amount of time that that, that someone spends raising a child. Uh, and and, and uh, so now there are a lot of people in my generation, in your generation, who sort of want to have it all without doing the work. I mean, that's, you know, the any, anyone, I, I, I've never raised a child, but I know anyone, fathers and mothers, but especially mothers, uh, that's a ton, a ton, a ton of work. And they are up studying their scores at 6 a.m. because it's the only time they can. Uh, people who are composers with kids, you know, they're writing at one in the morning or five. They are making a sacrifice. They are buying the uh, bonus of having that in their personal life and their professional life, they're buying it at a cost of working longer, harder than, than other people. Uh, and, and, and young people today, we have to do, we, listen to me, us use, uh, young people today also have to buy that. It's not free. You know, so if you want to live in a certain way and experience a certain thing, you know, you're going to have to pay that back you know, by, by working harder or, or, or longer or something some other time. So I'm not, again, I'm not saying that you can skate, but, but I'm just pointing out that a lot of the things that make certain generations sort of roll their eyes and say, well, that's kind of a waste of time. Objectively is no more time than the activities that that generation did outside of work. It's just, they're different. They're, right. they're different things that people choose to do. And, and, and I think that's worth, uh, those of us who are older, perhaps now, I, now I'm going to uh, age myself. It's worth those of us who are older uh, looking contextually at that and, and and kind of looking back at ourselves as we point the finger at others uh, to say, you know, well, okay, yeah, I guess I really did. Uh, I, I spent, you know, X hours doing this and they're doing this instead. Good for them. Right. I agree. Um, I want to piggyback on some of this uh, because, I mean, Anthony, talked, y'all both talked about like the balancing versus the balance. What does this person look like? What does this person look like? And what you were just hitting on is like, sometimes if you want to live a certain way, you have to put in a certain amount of work. And so like, that was my goal coming into this year. This is my first year out of school. 
because I just went straight through my master's. I'm like, I need X amount of dollars to live in Atlanta because Atlanta is expensive. And but what has that come to cost me? That had that cost, and I don't y'all two don't make faces. That has come to cost me. I drive about 800 miles a week. I don't get home till like eight or nine. Um, and I have to leave at eight or nine in the morning. So it's just like, it's like, okay, I did the hustle. I was hustling for a whole year. We ain't stop until June. But how can I optimize my time and my value to these programs going into next year as a freelancer? Hey, can I fit almost all my lessons in one area on one day? Like I'll have a long day on Monday, but Tuesday, Wednesday is short, long day on Thursday, Friday short. Like something like that instead of every single day being long. And it's something I was just like, I say, like, okay. And like I had big car troubles last week and I was stuck at home for three days. And oh my God, I almost went insane. I just could not sit at home. I finally took a walk because I was like, I cannot look at these four walls and I just didn't even want to take a walk. I'm like, I want my car. I want to go work. Where is my car? And so now I'm just like, mm. I was so stir crazy. I rearranged my room at two o'clock in the morning last night. <laughs> So it's like trying to learn all this stuff that we didn't learn in college. Cause like we in my trumpet studio in undergrad didn't focus on, Hey, one hour a day, you should probably put music away and do something you like. Hey, this is how you organize your fun life. This is how you do this stuff. And that's what I include in my uh, curriculum. The very first studio class, I make everybody lay out their schedule. Like one hour every day, you have to do something fun. One day a week, you don't need to touch the trumpet. You need to make sure all your academic work is in order. You need to make sure this, this, and this. And remember, you have four years to accomplish this goal. You ain't got to accomplish it in one semester. And so trying to switch that mindset, because I was in the mindset from freshman year, you have to hustle. And if you don't hustle, you, you ain't going to make it. And so like trying to switch that mindset, like hustle is a journey, not a sprint. Yeah, yeah, it's a marathon. I mean, you know, th three three things that that makes me think of. Uh, see if I can remember them all before I forget. Uh, you know, one of them is that you know you have to reflect. I mean, what you're doing after this year is, is you're you're finding a time or a space to say what worked, what didn't, and what am I going to change. So, I mean, I think that's important. That's a that's an essential part of the process. If you just keep doing what you're doing. It, it doesn't become intentional, it becomes accidental. So so just taking the time to say, well, maybe I'm going to do a little less of this or a little more of this. I think that's hugely valuable to everyone. Uh, the second thing is, you know, at some point you have to make some choices. You have to figure out what your values are, what your priorities are. And then, you know, maybe I'm going to hustle more in this area, but I'm going to let this one thing go. I'm going to let this thing go that I thought was important, but really it's not as important to me as this other thing. And, and then you make a choice and you live with it. Uh, and that sort of leads into the third thing that that that, that your comment made me think about, uh, which you know, one is that everybody's different, uh, and 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 two is that uh, there's no one way to do it, and there's no right way to do it. So so uh, and those those two concepts are tied together. I mean, you know, someone might someone might choose not to get the best job they possibly can in the profession. My God, a trumpet player might decide they don't want to play in a big five orchestra. That might be okay. You know, and it's going to have to be okay for about 99.95% of them because they're not going to get that anyway. But, yeah, but you know, we, we, listen, I think we should all, I, I, you know, I, I would like every trumpet teacher to sort of aim at, at getting their students to be able to do that. I think, you know, holding those high ambitions, I think, you know, every master's student in conducting, you, you want to try to prepare them so that they could someday become a Big Ten director bands or something. I mean, you want to, 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 uh, you know, lead with that sort of artistic ambition. But even then, you know, my grad students, some of them want to be a Big Ten director of bands. Some of them just want to be better uh, and don't really care where they end up. Some of them really want to live in place X because that's what's important to them. Uh, and 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 they'll take a, you know, less, I, I'm intentionally putting this in quotes, you know, less famous job or something so that they can live where they want to live. Someone might prioritize having a family 
And, 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 and so either A, they need to get out quick and get a job and start making money so that they can do that. Or, uh, you know, it's going to be more important to them that they have a job that has a certain number of hours. I mean, like all of these things are valid. There is no one right way to be a flutist or to be a conductor or, or to be a professor. There's no one best kind of institution uh, or best kind of job uh, because each person is going to want to have a different balance of things. Uh, you know, uh, 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 and, and, and so as we teach them, I think it's good to teach them that there are lots of different ways to do it. And I think if there is a kid that wants to practice six hours a day, every day, mazel tov, let's make it happen. I mean, go for it. You know, that's, that's good for them. If that's, if that's them, if that's what makes them happy and how they thrive, I love it. Uh, what I just don't want to do is because there is one kid who brought on to practice six hours a day, expect that everybody's going to want to do that. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, if, the, if, if, yeah, I think it's important that you have sort of a social life within your studio. Uh, and if that involves going out to a bar for happy hour once a week or something, I think that's amazing too. And really important. But if you've got a kid that for whatever, you know, for a religious reason, doesn't want to, to, to drink or something, you want to make sure that they're, they're not in that direction as well, kind of pressured into a single mold, uh, but rather that, that as we teach, it's like, okay, if you want to do this thing, this is probably how you're going to have to get there. Yeah. Or, or this is the most likely way you're going to get there. But you don't have to want to do this thing. You might want to do this thing. You might want to do this thing. You might want to do this thing. Uh, and even if you do want to do this thing, well, this is the most conventional way you're going to get there. But you could go like this, too. You could go like this. You could go like this. Yep. You know, I mean, there are just lots of different ways to do it. So I think uh, they all involve hard work. They all involve innate talent, they all involve hard work, and they all involve sacrifice. You know, again, there's no easy way to get there, uh, whether it's playing in the New York Philharmonic or, you know, being the conductor of the Eastman Wind Ensemble or whatever. There's no easy way to get there, but but there are different pathways. I love the, we're just talking about honesty and awareness of being an educator, because I think the thing Michael was speaking about, the thing that... Um, happens very often our students leave programs with having no true awareness or understanding about what field they're actually going into so this idea of like what does networking mean why do i why should i go to conferences do i touch my instrument every day because what i loved about i mean my professor like in undergrad i studied with the principal of the atlanta symphony and so but she had a family and a husband and like children and she there were days where she was like oh yeah i'm i'm going to go you know away with my kids and da 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 and like for me it was so great and important to see her being the fabulous amazing human being that she was and also having this she was mom right like at home i had many times where i got to like interact with her children and i was like Oh my gosh, she's not like just Christina. <laughs> you know, she's not just like Christina to me. Like it's she is a a person. And I think sometimes it's easy as an educator to have this feel like it's a wall. Like, nope, I am I am this. All you see is me who practices six, ten hours a day, every single day. My flute's always in my hand, et cetera, et cetera. That's just not the truth. And I think it's better, it's a responsibility as an educator to reflect to your students honesty and so like whenever I have students and we're you know private lessons and all that I like to talk to them about what's going on I'm like oh yeah like you know yesterday I went had a date with friends in Portland and it was really fun and I didn't practice because <laughs> I didn't want to I needed a day off so they go oh okay yeah I should do that too because they will imitate you whether or not you want to want them to or not they will absolutely imitate you because they're going to think oh well uh, my professor never takes a day off so i guess that means i shouldn't take a day off and that is the opposite of what you want you don't want them to feel like they have to do exactly what you do but it's always like with the reflection of what you're doing you have to understand how that looks and on a developing mind what that will do eventually so i just wanted to emphasize the fact that as educators it is also a part of our responsibility not to just say these things but how are we what do your students see in you because sometimes it can most time it cancels it out it's like well you're saying this to me and this is in your syllabus but i don't see you actually doing <laughs> well and let me piggyback on that in two ways i think that's, that's that's really wonderful um on one hand i think you have earned the ability to take a day off and go to portland 
Uh, and, and so that's also worth, I think, explaining to our students, helping them understand is that, you know, I mean, I might not practice this thing every day, but it's because I practiced it every day for five years back then. And then I built the mastery to allow myself to do it. So, I mean, yeah, I, th I think I think there is, a, 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 you know, as you said, they watch you and they sort of copy you and they think that but 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 they don't see what it was like before then. Right. Uh, so they say, oh, that that person doesn't really work as hard as as I, I thought. Well, but but we sure as heck did. Exactly. Uh, you know, when we were their age. So I think that's one thing that, that we also then want to remind them of. Uh, the other thing, oh, what was it? Um, uh, oh, shoot. Um, oh, I'll remember later. But but uh, th there was uh, my teacher. I was talking about the balance of the family life and the genuine, uh, um, is it geneity? Is that a word? Genuine, genuinity? Genuinity? We come up with a lot of it is, fun. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, but I think, you know, I think that, um, acknowledging that as educators is, is important and 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 oh oh you talked about um networking and understanding the field that's that's what it was um you know i think there's there's a danger in that because the more that you understand the field the more you sort of learn to network traditionally which often is a white male uh you know privileged situation uh even if you're not from that, you get good at it, and then you sort of perpetuate it. Uh, so, so there is, you know, something of that. But that being said, uh, I think it's important to, if you want to change the world, you got to understand the world. Hmm. Uh, I think if if you want to uh, change how institutions work, change how a profession works, yes, you can stand outside it and and wave your fist and 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 say this is wrong but but if you can learn it well enough to to succeed in it then you have more credibility and quite frankly a better chance of of affecting long-term change so i mean i i i i kind of uh push back on your assertion in a way in order to support it uh that that um I think it is important for students to know how the game works and to learn how to play the game. Uh, and then it becomes their responsibility once they're good at the game to change the game. Exactly. Uh, and actually, I think this, I, I, you know, I've, I've had a couple students, uh, you know, minority, uh, uh, you know, women of color, uh, you know, that, 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 uh, uh, you know, we've talked about this, you know, as we kind of go through, to, to them establishing themselves in the profession. And and I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm just going to put this out there. This is what I chose to do. It's not what everyone should choose to do, but it's what I chose to do. And I, I, I feel like, I feel like it was a good strategy for me. And I just put it out there for other people. When I was at Virginia Tech, I wasn't, uh, and, and a new assistant professor out of grad school, I was not really leading uh, in in Asian uh, and Korean communities in the band field. You know, well, first of all, there, there really was no community back then. Uh, we've sort of started it in the last uh, few years, but but I wasn't I wasn't putting my energy into that kind of change. I was putting my energy into getting better as a, as a conductor and and building my skill set and building my repertoire and and building my pedagogy. Uh, and then, I moved to another job. I had more years under my belt. I had done more things. Uh, and, and I was sort of in a position where then I had a little bit more freedom. I'm not saying that I won the game, but I got far enough in the game that I had the freedom to then focus more of my, less of my energy on advancing myself and more of my energy on trying to build this community. Uh, and, and, and so what I, I, I would never want to do is is put the obligation on a young person, especially in a marginalized community, to have to lift up that community while they're also trying to learn the craft. Yeah. Now, if they want to, you know, there are lots of young people that, that, that are bringing so much energy and so much fire and so much passion, and, and they are changing the world. It, it, it really is uh, beautiful and wonderful to behold. But but I, you know, what I chose to do is sort of focus on, on the work and and the, the 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 world as it was 
And then once I had sort of achieved enough sort of security in that world, then I wanted to focus on helping people younger than me or behind me, uh, you know, in 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 my community, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's it's not the only approach, but it's an approach I feel good about. Uh, and I, and what I want to do then is, you know, it, it, there's an old Jack Lemon saying, you know, in, in Hollywood, you know, once you get to the top floor, it's your job to send the elevator back down. Uh, you know, that 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 uh, once you achieve something, whatever it is, uh, you know, it, it's your job to to then lift up other people, and make it a little easier for the next generation, the next people to go through that door, to make the door a little wider. Uh, but but I think uh, I, I'll finish this strained metaphor by saying I I, I don't. I don't think it is necessarily the, the 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 best thing to try to widen the door while you're going through it. Uh, uh, I, I think it, it may actually be more logical to go through the door and then widen it from the other side. I like how you you your way was to develop yourself first and really put the energy in. Okay, let me make sure. My ducks are in a row. And it's all about that experience part. Um, like I know when we talk to teachers, to new teachers, we're like, well, here is my experience. This is what I did. And I know maybe this doesn't work because I tried it this way. Um, so really taking that time to develop yourself. And then you're like, okay, now I feel comfortable to say, all right, here are some ways to do this. And let's open it up for many people, because why would we want somebody, especially in our minority groups, to go through the same struggles we have? Like, it, that's just for me, that is just not the good, the best thing in my heart to do. I don't want somebody who is a black gay man in this field to be struggling the same way I did. And it's like 10 years ago or 10 years in the future. Like, no, 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 no. Here are some ways that try to make it easier so that then you can end up influencing the next person that comes after you. And then look by, of course it takes time, but look at this, look at the people that are now in this room. Look at all the different colors, all the different spectrums that are in this room because we're not gatekeeping this information. There are some times where gatekeeping works. There are some times where it does not work. And so we have to try to open that door. And I just want to talk to you about how you've become a leader and, and your and your community, especially in the in the band world, and like how. How is that, you know, now that you you've become, you know, you're like, I'm speaking up for my community at every turn that I can. How is that for you now? And um, are you have you made yourself your young self graduating from Northwestern proud that, you know, you are that person you may be were looking for back then? Oh, sure. Let, let, let me just go back to one last thing from the previous thing uh, before I answer that, which is which is that I, I do want to sort of acknowledge the privilege that I have, uh, uh, you know, uh, as as a male, as a cisgender male uh, in a fairly white adjacent uh, skin. You know, uh, there, there are lots, uh, you know, there are lots of, of forms of oppression and discrimination that I have had to overcome and continue to overcome every day. Uh, so I'm not, you know, absolving the world of that. But, 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 you know, for, for me to say I'm going to, I'm going to play the game the way it's, it's set up, and then I'm going to try to change it once I get to level X. Uh, I, I just want to acknowledge that you know if I'm a a, a black trans uh, a person living in certain parts of the country, I mean I, I might not have that luxury. I might, I, I, in order to do my work, I might have to deal with the identity and lead with the identity first. So I just I, you know I want to I want to so uh, so it, then to move on to kind of your 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 second question your question there, Anthony is I mean I think that. Uh, you know, be, be, because it, it, it wasn't that difficult for me professionally, because you know the the the, the single biggest factor, my gender, uh, is is one where I'm highly privileged in our field, uh, and then uh, you know most of all the stereotypes that are associated with my ethnicity are are sort of seen as positives and kind of helped me uh, uh, to do that. Um, 
but but I guess what I find uh, so fulfilling about kind of the work we're doing as a community, as an Asian uh, community in the, in the band field, because we're relatively small, is just just being able to bring people together and see what happens when people see other people like them and can get to know them. Um, and and there's a there's been a lot of energy in this this with with women. There's been a lot of energy with with uh, black directors, especially. I, I, I'm I'm you know hoping that we can get more uh, Latino Hispanic uh, communities uh, and and that, that those of us in other communities can find ways to support them. Uh, the LGBTQ community. I mean, this Miss West event, yeah. you know, has really become like a a very sort of powerful affirmation. Uh, for for that community, so so I think, you know, we started maybe four or five years ago uh, an Asian band director dinner at the Midwest Clinic. I like to throw parties. I like to to kind of bring people together. I, I know a lot of people, and and one of the things I like to do is get people I know to know other people I know. So so we started hosting this dinner, and you know, this last Midwest that we had like fifty or sixty people. We went to a a dim sum place over in Chinatown. Uh, and 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 the most gratifying thing about that for me was here we we went around and introduced ourselves uh, in this loud room and and sort of thing and and you know I, I I hit the lottery by getting a job in Los Angeles, which is you know one of the most diverse cities in the world. It has the largest population of Koreans, ethnic Koreans outside of Korea. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm uh, the food, the, I, 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 my students, you know, a lot of uh, Asian American, Korean American students, I, I can talk about K-pop uh, with students, you know, uh, on a daily basis. Uh, but there are a lot of people that don't live in a city like that and don't teach at a school like that. And, and, and there, there are two or three, four people at this event who said, you know, this is the first time I've been around other band directors who look like me right. in my life. You know, I'm 30 years old. I'm 25 years old. This is the first time I've seen someone else like me. Because while there are a ton of Asians in ensembles, there are very few uh, standing in front of them. So so I think that that's what's gratifying about it is that we we create, we, we, we show that there is a community that's large and they think that person X is not alone. That there are other people that 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 look like you and maybe have had some of the same struggles you've had, maybe get called some of the same names you get called, maybe have the same assumptions made about them and their musicianship uh, as you do. And then if you know that person and you're connected to them on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or uh, Snapchat or whatever, uh, you, you have someone to reach out to. You have you have uh, people to hold you and people that you can rely on that you can lean on. Uh, and 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 for a 22 year old for a 25 year old for someone who doesn't look like everybody else in a community to have allies among your people i think is you know it's not essential mm-hmm. uh but it really helps and and it costs the rest of us who are part of that community it costs us nothing to to be there and and to provide that so I and and, the, and that's going to make it easier for those people to succeed and for those people to go on and do other things and for it to and and there the more uh the more black female band directors there are the more black female students in bands will say I can do that mm-hmm. and the more white male students in bands will say oh they can do everything I can do uh you know so so it it now this is and this is not an overnight thing. It's not like oh you know we had a dinner and two years later the you know it, these are long game types of things. These are changes that take a very long time. Playing music by by a, a, a black Asian Latino uh, composer uh, and then a student feeling empowered by that. You know that's not something that translates in three years into five percent more of this or that. But over time. Uh, I think there are more students than in the ensembles who feel like they want to continue doing it. And maybe there are more students who wouldn't have done the ensemble who hear about it and join the ensemble. And then they get the same benefits that we all know are so uh, meaningful from being part of this kind of music making. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, little drops in the in the ocean. But but, um, you know, it, it's it's. Uh, also, because there are little drops in the ocean, they don't cost as much. Right. You know, have to to 
to sacrifice our whole life to to this priority. We just have to make some empathetic and and uh, sensible, easy, everyday decisions to help make make our our genre and our ensembles and our community a little more welcoming. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and just a quick note, I just love the way you you um, said because it reminded me of something Cynthia Johnson Turner said was. Um, you know, when she gets hired to do something and it's like, it was so good because all the, you know, the female um, players would be great. It's good to see. And she's like, yeah, but also it's great for all the male players as well, because it's showing that, all right, look, here it is. Everybody can do the same thing. Da, 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 da. And I, I think that is so important for all of our students to see that they're, again, this expensive definition of a band director or a musician, it is expensive. It is not one type, it is for us all. And so um, it has been a pleasure having you on, Dr. Cross. Um, I'm so glad that we worked this out. And for everybody that is listening, um, please, Dr. Cross, if you have anything for people to reach out to you, how can they reach out um, to you? I mean, probably, probably the best is email. Um, just my TJ Cross at UCLA.edu. Um, I'm bad at email, uh, so I, I'll do my best. But but um, you know, feel free to reach out that way. Uh, you know, social media is great. I love connecting with people on social media. I'm just bad at messages on both Facebook and Instagram. So I'm 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 I'm. Uh, if if you want to get an answer from me, email is the best chance, and then probably two or three emails uh to to help me remember but then also i mean i'm a lot of places i go a lot of places and i love talking to people you know i got a break in rehearsal well let's 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 talk about you have a question let's 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 do it uh you know i i host a conducting workshop every summer i teach at a couple others uh those are great chances to kind of uh you know connect um so i think that's the other thing you know if those of us who who go a lot of places in the country it's always nice to see people we know and it's always nice to meet people we don't know who who want to have a, a conversation and we'll try to make as much time as we can for those things perfect well thank you again dr cross for coming on and everybody please stay tuned for much more and we'll leave all types of links down below uh, to get in contact with dr cross thank you again for listening to this episode and we'll see you next week Bye bye